With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Anfield Index Pro Plus. I'm Dave Hendrick, joined on this day by David Crackman of the Warriors of Uruguay at Uruguayan Heroes on Twitter account to talk about the arrival to Liverpool Football Club of Darwin Nunes. So, David, thanks for taking the time to come on with me today. Let me just get your initial feelings on Darwin Nunes as a player. What is he like as a player? What do you think of him? Obviously, as a Uruguayan fan, you've been very lucky in recent years. You've had Forlan, you've had Suarez and Cavani. Is this the the next great Uruguayan striker? Yes, I think he is um, certainly with his last season because he's always been a talented boy, but I was not sure at which level he could reach. But the last season at Befica, also in the Premier League or in the, in the Champions League, as well as in the Portuguese League, he showed a level which we haven't seen, I think, since Cavani and Suarez and Forlan when it comes to the numbers. Uh, we have had players like Maxi Gomez, Valencia, who show promise, but Darwin has really been able to put himself on the radar. And he has been compared to Cavani, Suarez. I still think this is a bit early because we are talking, certainly about with Suarez, we're talking about for us, for Uruguay, someone we probably see uh, once in a lifetime. Um, but Darwin certainly has all the capabilities to become a world-class striker who can also be delivering year on, year out uh, on the big stage. So, yeah, it's really promising. Uh, you mentioned the big stage, and that's important because watching him this past season, he did really seem to step up his game even further in those big games. We, we played him twice in the Champions League and he was a big problem for us. And he obviously had good showings against Bayern Munich and Barcelona as well. Does that speak to a very strong mentality? Yes, absolutely. I think he's someone who is, um, doesn't shy away from the occasion. Uh, yes, his mentality, I think, is one of the things why he is where he is right now. 
because he's not the most talented. I think when I was following following him uh, during his Uruguay under 20 days, uh, he missed a lot of chances, a lot of doubts about him, and he was playing alongside another forward whose name is Nicolas Siapacase, who was probably uh, more talented, more natural talent, but he didn't apply himself correctly, and he's now back in Uruguay, while Darwin has this mentality to keep going and overcome adversity because he has experienced some in his young career and which has enabled him to grow year in, year out. Uh, and obviously he has talent, but it's this mentality which uh, I think really sets him uh, apart from certain other players of the same age category. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool obviously had Luis Suarez and I agree with you. I think he is a once-in-a-lifetime type of player for me, he is the best player Liverpool have ever had. I don't think Liverpool have ever had a player that reached the level that Suarez was at when he was at the club. He was just, for 18 months, he was just on a completely different level to anything I'd ever seen. So, it, like you said, it's very young to put that type of pressure on someone like Darwin, but... He is obviously going to be the successor to Cavani and Suarez in the national team. So he's going to be having a lot of pressure put on him anyway. Yeah. And with that strong mentality, he does seem very much capable of, of handling that pressure. What have his performances been like for the national team so far? His, his goal return obviously hasn't been great. Only the two goals in 11 appearances so far. But is that largely because he's been coming off the bench? Or what, what do you think is the reason for that? Yeah, you make a good point. He's been coming off the bench quite a bit. And also, he has not played as the focal number nine. He's probably done it once. Um, so obviously, with Cavani and Suarez, we're still a part of the national team, a big part. Um, but they are aging, both 35 at the moment. Um, but they're still being picked. So when he plays, he plays from the left, sometimes from the right. Uh, sometimes he plays as one of the two strikers, but yeah, he's not been settled yet. And I think the two goals in 11 appearances, uh, yeah, that's obviously not great, but it doesn't worry me because there's context to it. Uh, but yeah, when Suarez Cavani will go, which is believed to be after the World Cup, uh, then he, he has this pressure on his shoulders, uh, which is obviously hard because Suarez Cavani. Uh, besides their exploits in Europe, have been or are the two top scorers in Uruguay, the national team history. So this is a uh, pressure, but I think uh, he is not one that is sh uh, shrinking under pressure. Uh, and also um, in Bevica, his first season was tough. He uh, had some tough times also um, with injuries, but he also didn't perform that well, missed quite a few chances. Uh, and then to come back the season afterwards, uh, firing on all cylinders, uh, scoring goals, uh, really a multitude of goals, headers um, from distance, uh, good finishes, smart finishes, and also some outrageous finishes. Um, he just been, he just took another step, and hopefully under the guidance of Klopp and his coaching staff, he can keep going on and keep developing. Well, it must be quite an exciting thing for Uruguayan fans to know that the next step for Nunes is under a manager like Jurgen Klopp, who does have a proven track record at developing number nines. Everybody knows we did what Robert Lewandowski turned him from largely an unknown quantity into one of the very best number nines in the world. With Darwin, there's a lot more evidence of what he's capable of, but 
having Klopp take hold of him now, that should be something that's very, very promising for Uruguay. Because obviously that's the sec- like the, the other side of this. It's, it's not just what he's going to do f- for Liverpool. It's what can he do for Uruguay? He's got to find the balance between the two. He can't, he can't be considered a great player if he, he's great for one and not the other. He has to be great for both. And for Uruguay, obviously, you know, you've massively benefited from Cavani playing at top clubs and, and learning and Suarez at top clubs and learning. And, you know, over the years, obviously, Diego Godin, what an incredible defender he became under Simeone. When, when your players get under these top managers, it does have that knock-on effect into the national team. Absolutely. I think Liverpool, although being um, one of the three top clubs in Europe at the moment, which says that it will be a big step up, is for me uh, uh, even better for his development than it would probably be if he'd gone to an Arsenal or to United. Not because, um, or I mean, it, it might be a bit weird because when you go to a club like Arsenal, the step up is a little bit less and probably more better for your development, play more. But what you get with Liverpool and especially Jurgen Klopp and also his coaching staff is a team that is that is working with players that is also a team that don't... They will have some players that they probably think after a year, well, it's not not, not this for us, um, but mostly they work with players and believe in them and they, this belief repays itself on the pitch. And this is something that a player like Darwin needs because if he goes to Arsenal, which probably would have been a better place for him if he wants to play regularly as the number one, uh, number nine, um, you have to deal with the manager who I personally don't really rate and I think at, at this moment of his career the most important thing is a manager that can help him can improve him and gives him his confidence uh, yeah, to develop and to get better and with Klopp this is just perfect and also when Suarez played um, for Liverpool I would say that half of Uruguay or maybe the whole of Uruguay uh, was uh, supporting Liverpool and woke up even though it was 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. in Uruguay when Suarez played for Liverpool. So this kind of love story, love affair, mm. is, is, it was burning up again. And that is really, uh, so, that's amazing, I think. That's, I really look forward to this. Yeah, I like that as well. You know, we have the same kind of situation already with, with say, Mo Salah and with Sadio Mane, where because of the iconic nature of those players in their homelands, the same way Suarez has it in Uruguay, when you sign that player, you're getting more than just the player. You are getting the support of a nation that comes behind it. And with Darwin likely to be the talisman of the next great Uruguayan team with you know the likes of Ronald Arroyo and Manuel Ugarte and Fede Valverde and Facundo Palestri. And you mentioned you know Maxi Gomez, if he could ever fully realize the talent that he has. Darwin is going to be the focal point of that team, and that could be a special team in its own right, whether it achieves what we've seen, the, the Godin, Casares, um, Cavani, Suarez group achieve, who knows, but for all of Uruguay to get behind each and every one of those players and, and follow their careers as, as closely as you all do, that's a that's a big thing for a player, and we know that with you know a lot of the players Liverpool have signed, one of the things they look at is is the desire of that player to be truly great. And one of the things that drives players to be truly great is knowing that there are others who depend on him. It's not just about him and his life. It's about 
family. It's about the nation. And that drives them on to overachieve in their careers oftentimes. And I think that's what we, we, we will hopefully see with Darwin Nunes, where he he knows that obviously himself, his family, he's spoken about the poverty that he grew up in, his relatives, his friends, and obviously the nation itself, they're all relying on him for one thing or another, whether it's whether it's just that joy of a supporter or, you know, from his family's point of view, that financial side of things, those are things that will drive him on, I think, to become a great player. Oh, yes. I mean, the background, um, that is a huge part, even though he is, well, financially, he's already good off when, when it comes to, because he's been playing here for three years. But that this background is probably something that always keeps in the mind of a player, even though you are scoring goals, earning lots of money, because it's a little bit of a mindset, I think. Because Suarez was similar in, in a sense that he played his games um, as if he was, um, it's as if he um, was playing against going back there. If he was playing a game which depended on if he was back in poverty or win, winning at all. I mean, that's how it seemed from the outside. And he also felt it like this sometimes because he has been, uh, he has said in his book, in his autobiography, that sometimes when he did these crazy things like this biting, it was because he felt that the game was lost, which, mm. well, basically... Uh, lot dependent on it and this kind of street kit in him came came to the surface uh, which was really primitive or was really if you look rationally at it it's a bit silly but it's just demonstrates or yeah shows what kind of a player he is and how much he still is connected to his roots and to his upbringing when he goes into the battlefield I would say and Darwin um, hopefully he won't bite I hope so <laughs> but uh <laughs> He is similar that that when you see him play, um, it's uh, he approaches the game in a different way than than many other players. And yeah, I think that's also what people mostly like in not only a South American player but just players of of this kind of ideology. Yeah, that's that was always my feeling with Suarez as well. That you know he put too much pressure on himself. He held himself to such a high standard. And he would literally do anything to win a game of football. And it was notable that when he went to Barcelona, because Suarez had basically always been the best player in any team he'd been in up to that point. You think back to the early days of his career at Nacional, then on to Groningen, on to Ajax, Liverpool, and with the national team, he'd always been like the main guy, the guy that everybody relied on. It wasn't until he went to Barcelona and he played with Messi and he had Neymar that he realized, well, Messi's better than me, or, you know, at least on my level. Suarez's mindset will always be that he's the best, but Messi is on my level. Neymar is on my level. The load here is shared. I don't have to do everything by myself. And I think that's why we saw probably the happiest version of Luis Suarez in those first three years at Barcelona where he was just devastatingly effective. And I think with Darwin coming into Liverpool, he'll look around the dressing room, he'll see Virgil van Dijk, he'll see Trent, he'll see Thiago Alcantara, he'll see Mo Salah. And I think he'll realise this isn't like Benfica, this isn't like Almeria. I have help here. So he can channel the natural aggression in his game into more positive ways Whereas for Suarez at times, he didn't have that help, certainly didn't have it at Liverpool. 
um, and, and that expression would flow would would overflow with, with Darwin. I think it should be easier for him to keep that bottled at Liverpool. Oh yeah, that's a good point you make. I mean, certainly with Suarez, it was the it was the case that everything every time he had to excel. Also with Uruguay to a certain extent, because until I would say 2015, 16, Cavani wasn't wasn't doing it for Uruguay. He scored some goals, obviously he did, but really turning up for big games, he didn't do it. He was even considered considered a patch of Rio, which is basically cold chest, not feeling the shirt, which yeah, some players get accused of, which is probably uh, one of the best, worst things you could be called as a Uruguay player. Um, but after then, he really provided the goods. And Suarez was the main man, uh, mainly before that. And after that, they shared the responsibility. Uh, with Darwin, I think, yeah, obviously he has better players. I mean, uh, at Liverpool, players that have already um, consolidate, consolidated themselves on the world stage. Um, so it will be different. And also, I think he might struggle. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of a different point, but he might struggle at the start because he is not... Um, he's unorthodox, he's erratic, and when it goes well, when he's in form, it can look marvelous and it's really exciting to see. But he's also had spells and moments where it doesn't look good, where it's, it, it doesn't... I mean, we all saw, I think I did anyway, the clip of two or three minutes on, on Twitter, somebody posted about his mistakes. I mean, you could do this about everybody, so I don't look too much into it. But yes, Darwin, when it doesn't go well, it can look a bit stupid. But that is that is part of a player who just, yeah, I mean, he fails, he fails, but he keeps trying and it goes well. And he's not obviously a finished article, although his price would suggest otherwise, but that's just the market. But he can have spells, but maybe probably Liverpool fans will get frustrated. And then... That's why I love that he's going to Liverpool. Then Klopp and his coaching staff and also the Liverpool fans overall um, will be important in the confidence they hopefully um, give him. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I've seen that that clip going around on Twitter as well. And I watched a lot of Darwin over the last few years. I first saw him when he was starting to shine at Almeria. And I've just kept an eye on him. And obviously he had that disappointing first season with Benfica, but he did have knee surgery after that season. And I do wonder just how much of an effect the knee issue had on the previous season. Came back last season was just phenomenal. But like you said, when when he makes one little mistake, he tends to have like a run of mistakes and it almost looks like he forgets how to play football. And I do wonder if that's a little bit him just trying too hard and if that's just something that Klopp can can ease on him and take that pressure off him and make him realize, look, you're a great player. You, you've got everything that's needed here. You don't need to try too hard. You don't need to overdo things. Stop trying to rectify mistakes. Just let them go. If you make a mistake, just let it go and get on to the next thing. Stop trying to fix it. Yeah. What do you, what yeah. do you think is is it with Darwin though? Is it is it just that he's trying too hard? Is it a technical flaw? Because for me, when a player when a player can have a perfect first touch and then a terrible first touch, that's not a technique thing. That's maybe just a concentration thing. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, that's true. It's it's that's certainly because I mean, even if you're the best player out there, you can still have bad touches. It happens. So I wouldn't say. It also, it's also a bit of his technical ability, which isn't bad at all, but it's not like, can improve, surely. Um, but the, the point you mentioned with trying too hard is a good point because 
for sometimes for Darwin, which also used to be the case with Suarez, when it doesn't go well, it becomes a game in the game. He plays his own game against himself uh, and he gets frustrated with himself and it just yeah, gets worse. And that is something, obviously, as a young player, you, you still have to learn a little bit to uh, channel this. Um, and yeah, this is certainly something which can be worked on. And that's the thing. A lot of things which he hasn't, he can improve on, are not things that cannot be worked on. I mean, you cannot really work on your pace. Obviously, you can be a bit quicker, or, mm. but it's not something you can improve massively. And this is something, a natural ability which he has. The way he shields the ball, you can obviously improve on it. But it's also something you, you, you just really have or you don't have. And his his body, his his natural strength is also really impressive. But these are all things which, yeah, he has uh, and which you cannot improve on, but you couldn't anyway. So, yeah, there are things he can get better on, but these are things that, like I said, uh, Liverpool club can work with. And so one thing I would say though is that, to be honest, I watched him for the first time in 2019 when he was going to the South American Youth Championship with Uruguay. And I mentioned the example of the other players, Yepakase, who was probably considered more talented. And at that time, me included, we were all doubting Darwin because he was playing seven, eight games in this tournament, scoring no goals, missing loads of chances, and he was even crying after the tournament. Uh, um, and that also shows how much it means to him. And then a few months later, Uruguay went to the Under-20 World Cup, scored two goals, including a brilliant goal, which probably has been on social media a lot against Norway. Uh, it's going to be a really beautiful goal. And since then, he just kicked on. Um, but that is the thing. He does tend to overcome these kind of situations, although many people doubt him, many people are against him, um, and he still comes out the other way. And that's something that characterizes him, and which I wouldn't be... Uh, surprised to see in Liverpool as well. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. What do you what do you feel are his biggest strengths outside of obviously the physicality and the pace? What what do you think are his biggest strengths as a player? Well, I think one of his biggest strengths is to see and to spot an area where he can move into. And for example, between the fullback and the centre back, the channel between us, he does really well in, in spotting this opportunity to make a run. And to be, um, well, for example, Trent Alexander-Arnold to, to hit this space or hit this movement. Uh, this is a big strength, his movement, uh, um, for sure. His finishing, I think, with him, I see an improvement. Uh, he can be erratic, but his, uh, he has a variety of finishes, which he displayed last season. Getting better at free kicks as well. He, he didn't score one, but he took a few. And, and it, yeah, they were really close, some of them. Uh, so this improvement um, and his finishes with uh, both feet is get, getting better as well. So I would say the variety of finishes, uh, the, the impact, he can be emphatic with the finishes as well. Um, and for sure his movement, which is pretty, is something which um, is similar to Gavani, not at the same level, I would say, but certainly it's something that yeah he, he compares with his compatriot. Um, when I move on to some um, points where he can improve on, I think his link-up play, link play is not the best. Um, he can certainly improve on this. Uh, and with something which, uh, is, um, simil- which is close to this as well is that he hasn't got this great awareness when it comes to his teammates. He can sometimes spot or, I mean, don't spot uh, a player who's better off or making a good, good run. This is something he can improve on for sure. Yes, and also 
he has a tendency to be offside. And yeah, certainly with VAR, with his fine margins, that is something that yeah, you have to work on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair as well. I think that's that's an awareness thing and something they will work on. And he's going to be training against players like Virgil van Dijk and obviously Liverpool with the high line that they play. They play a very strict defensive line and they frequently catch teams offside. They had the most offsides in the Premier League this past season by a mile. So hopefully playing against defenders who are trying to catch him offside will have a knock-on effect of improving him in game with that type of awareness. Like you said, one of the things he, he has been a little bit guilty of, or maybe it's not his fault, but he does try and make those early runs quite a bit and the ball just doesn't come to him. And you mentioned Trent and with Trent's delivery and his awareness and his vision, hopefully some of those early runs will connect with quick passes from Trent and that should create plenty of early opportunities for him. Um, I'm I'm all in favour of bringing all the Uruguayans to Liverpool. Uh, I've been fascinated by Uruguay since 95 when I saw Uruguay win the Copa America with that team with Francesco Lee and uh, Daniel Fonseca. And obviously we, Fonseca and Recoba were in Serie A when Serie A was really in its heyday. And there's just always been something about Uruguayan players they've liked. So it's a little bit of a bonus that Darwin is a Uruguayan. Um, from my point of view, obviously loved Suarez. I, I, I'm a Sebastian Cuates fan and always have been. But is there any, this is more of an aside, is there any other Uruguayan players that you think Liverpool should be looking at? I mean, before we went live, you, you and Guy were talking about um, whether or not Liverpool could add a midfielder. And the one I would love, obviously, is, is Fede Valverde. I don't think there's any possibility that Real Madrid would sell him. Benton Kura is at Spurs now. Is there anyone out there? What What do you think of someone like, say, uh, Nugarte at, um, at Sporting? Yeah, I was thinking about him when you were talking about it because Favela would love it. I think he would love this, but yeah, it's not going to happen. He's at Madrid and he will be at Madrid probably for the entire year of his career, mm. at least in his top years. Uh, but Ugarte is a really good exa- good um, example of, of a midfielder Liverpool might be looking at already because he is, I mean, 18 months ago, he played in the um, Uruguayan League um, and now he's, and six months ago, he played his first game in the Champions League. So his turnover in his career has gone quickly. He went to Family Sao in Portugal and after six months, Sporting signed him up just after becoming champions. And he has at times um, put Palinha on the bench, which is normally a starter for Sporting. And that is a testament, uh, that is a um, it's, how do you say, testament to his quality. So, yeah, um, and he's just 21 years of age, uh, very, um, very, um, how do you say, versatile, uh, but mainly a uh, controlling midfielder, very physical, uh, decent passing ability. So, yeah, he's someone that is certainly interesting to see. Other than this, um, Cesar Arajo, is, I would just put him in there. 20-year-old guy, plays for Orlando City at the moment, but I think his future is in Europe. Whether it be at Liverpool, I don't know. That's hard because Liverpool is the elite at the moment, so it's going to be difficult. But Ugarte, I think you are spot on in, in this name because he's someone uh, yeah, who has the potential to be a really, really good midfielder. So, yeah, who knows? I would love to see the tradition of Uruguayans at Liverpool going because the name you mentioned, Coates, didn't work out. 
but he is a quality defender and he mm. showed it showed the sporting i mean he's he's absolutely he's an idol over there and um and he's also um making a strong case to be a starter for in the world cup for uruguay yeah he is and and he like you said he, he's done incredibly well since going to sporting and there's, there's obviously big competition at, at central defender for Uruguay. You've still got Godin. Obviously, Jose Jimenez is, is an outstanding defender. It's just injuries have always been his issue. Ronald Arroyo is one of the best young defenders in the world. But Coates has been in that mix with the way he's performed, certainly in the 2020-21 the season when he was the, kind of the, the, the ground rock for that sporting title win. I thought he was outstanding. One last name, and, and then I'll let you go. Um, this is just a player who fascinates me, is Augustine Alvarez of Penarol, kind of the guy who replaced Darwin in the Penarol team. What do you think of him? I like him a lot. Um, he, in his first year as a professional, he scored, I think, 34 goals for Penarol. So, yeah, that's no mean feat. Um, and he's, he's, uh, he's quite small. He is not that quick. Uh, he's not that strong, so there are so, a lot of things going against him. But he's really smart in how he finds spaces in the box. He's a good footballer. He drops deep into midfield quite a bit. He's technical, can link up the play, um, and he's also pretty neat at, at dribbling. So he's a different type of player than maybe a Darwin or a Cavani. But he's someone who is obviously liked uh, in in Italy, especially, and that's that's why he's been, he's gone to Sassuolo. Mm. There was also interest from Fiorentina in the, in the in January, but he's now gone to um, Sassuolo, and I think it's a good club for him to develop. And yeah, he's he's just someone, another Uruguayan who goes to Europe, and that's the beautiful thing. The depth, the strength and depth Uruguayan football at the moment is something which probably hasn't been the case ever in Uruguayan football. Yeah, there is. There's there's a lot of talent there now, and you know, there's you mentioned. Um, Arejo playing at Orlando City, there is a growing trend of MLS clubs picking up talented Uruguayan players. You know, we've seen it with Santiago Rodriguez. We've seen it with Facundo Torres. We've seen it with Brian Rodriguez. These are very talented players who are doing well in MLS and could well translate that into Europe in the next few years. And hopefully all of this group develops together and, you know, from those who are, say, 25, 26, all the way through to those that are 18, 19, they all develop and maybe we get to see the next great Uruguayan team go on and repeat the success that Suarez and, and, and Godin and Cavani have had and that uh, Francesca and Fonseca had before that and then, you know, lift the, the Copa America. Uh, David, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. So, the Twitter account is at Uruguayan Heroes. It's the Warriors of Uruguay. It's it's an absolutely brilliant resource for all things Uruguayan. Is there anything else you want to mention just before you head? Oh, just thanks a lot for having me on, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate that. Yeah, really nice to be here. Thank you very much. Take care. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now 
at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.